Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. And welcome everyone, uh, wherever you are, uh, whenever you are. <laughs> uh, we know most people listen to this by the podcast, not live. So uh, whenever you're listening, we're, we really appreciate it. You might be listening to it years later in the archives, but uh, know that we love you and we pray for you. Uh, we don't know who you are, but God does. And um, thank you so much for, for gracing us with some of your time. Yeah, probably what I would call this spiritual law, and it's one of my absolute favorites. Um, so if you can, uh, you know, tune your antenna in just a little bit extra this week, I think it'll be worth your while. But I think the way I would best title it is, What Could Cause You to Love Less? And so this week, as you pray, as you meditate, as you go through your week, as you are uh, uh, laying in bed before you go to sleep, uh, waking up but not out of bed yet, what causes me to love less? It's a pretty interesting question, and I think you can get a great deal of insight into your health, into your happiness, into your success or failure by your answer to this question. What causes you or could cause you to love less? Um, I wanted children so bad, and so did my wife, Hope. Um, I was 26 when we got married. She was 20, but all she'd ever wanted to be was a wife and mom, and, uh, and, and I just had always thought, I cannot wait till I have kids. About probably 15 years ago, I started telling friends of mine, I can't wait to be a granddad. Now, most of my friends are like, oh man, granddad, no, I'm, I'm, I'm too young to be a granddad. I don't want to be a granddad yet. That's not me. I mean, years ago, I was saying, I can't wait to be a granddad. Well, and even though I was excited 
about having kids, uh, those of you who know my story know that when my oldest son, Harry, was born, actually right after he was born in the hospital when he was still in the incubator thing before they brought him to his mom, I had... uh, I'm sorry about that. Let me make sure we're still recording. We are. Um, I had a little panic attack, okay? Now, it wasn't a real panic attack. No doctor would have said he's having a panic attack. Give him some Xanax or something. But for me, it was kind of a panic attack. Sorry about that. Okay, let me let me punch a couple of buttons here to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. So sorry about that. All right, hopefully that that won't happen again. Okay, so back to uh, what could cause you to love less. So I'm looking at my son through the window and in the incubator and this fear comes over me. I don't know how to do this. This kid's going to be looking to me for protection, for answers, for enough money to keep us safe and eating and uh, maybe money later to go to college. And and I got panicky. I, I, I don't know if I can do this right. Okay. And um, and I, I, I started praying and I had a thought. And the thought was, if you can just get him to 18 and two things are true, you will have done okay. Number one, he's still alive. And number two, he knows 100% without any shadow of a doubt, that he is totally, completely loved and accepted just the way he is. And after I thought of those two things, I was, I was kind of, okay, okay, maybe I can get that done. That doesn't sound nearly as daunting as uh, all the other stuff, okay? But but it was still a daily challenge, right? Because we we have our own wants, and kids mess that up. My free time's gone, my money's gone, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's still challenges. But anyway, uh, from the time both of my kids were young enough to talk and have even like a partial sentence conversation, I've asked them two questions. And today, they're uh, 26 and 20, and I still ask them this today, not as often, but when I do, they roll their eyes uh, like, you know, are you crazy? You think I don't know the answer to that? Why do you even still ask? And, and here it is. Um, and, and I'll take Harry, for example. Harry's my oldest. I would say, Harry, what would make me love you less? And his answer is nothing. Now, many times I had to explain that answer, okay, because it didn't make sense to him. Second question, Harry, what would cause me to love you more? Answer, nothing. Now, I love you more and more all the time, automatically, But nothing you do or can do is going to cause me to love you more 
or less. And um, if you really think about it, that is a pretty profound thing. And, uh, and, and I would say that that was a really great piece of Harry and George's education was just kind of learning that philosophy and theory of life, how that could be true, even though it doesn't necessarily make sense with the way everybody lives and the way you feel sometimes, okay? But I believe that with all my heart. Uh, when I used to do uh, counseling and therapy in my private practice, I specialized in relationships. And I did not counsel the way all my other uh, peers did, okay? Uh, I did it very, very differently. And I always believed that if I could, if there's a couple and they're wanting it to get a divorce, uh, as an example, I always believed if I can get one of them, there's about a 98% chance I'll get both of them. So I don't have to get both of them. My goal is to get one of them. And, and if I do that, then I usually get them both. What am I trying to get them with? To choose real love over false love, what most people call love. You might say, what's in it for me, love. You might say, seek pleasure, avoid pain, love. Any, all of those would be the culprit, okay? As opposed to what I call real love, where there's nothing held back, no safety net, no record of wrongs in your head, no anger, irritation, frustration, etc., no matter what the other person does. And that one needs some explaining, but I won't go there today. Forever, no matter what. With the definition of love, putting the other person equal to or before yourself in virtually any and every situation as well as those deep internal feelings. Those are part of it too. Sex is part of it if it's appropriate in that particular relationship. A lot of things can be a part of it, okay? Um, what most people call love is not that. It's the other. The reason for the questions for Harry and George. It's, okay, these things, if you do them, would make me love you less. So please don't do them. And, and many times that's never explicitly said or written down or even discussed. It's just sort of expected or uh, we'll see what happens. And if they don't do it, then I'll cut bait and move on or, or something like that. Okay, and then there's also, and if you do these things, that will make me love you even more, okay? And so it's set up on this, um, if I do good, I get good. If I do bad, I get bad. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's not love. That's, that's karma. 
And I'm not against karma. Karma's real. Karma works. But uh, I think it was Bono, and I'm a, I'm a U2 fan. I think it was Bono one time who said, hey, I believe in karma, but karma's the last thing I want <laughs> to get what I deserve. Okay. Uh, it's also called reap what you sow. Okay. Stimulus response in the natural world. Newton's three laws of motions, etc. All of those are natural law, and all of those lead to if you do this, I'll love you more. If you do this, I'll love you less. Ladies and gentlemen, I posit to you today that is not real love. So, if you have really anything with people in your life that cause you to love them less or more, there's a very good possibility you don't really love them. At least not at least not in the all-in way, which is what we all want and what the songs are written about and the movies are about, etc. Where I am loved unconditionally, just the way I am, no matter what, which is what all of us, babies, middle age, old age, everyone needs and wants most, whether they realize it or not. And it's the only thing that can fill that hole inside that most of us spend our life trying to fill with houses and cars and boats and money and another another partner and no that's not right, another partner, no that's not right, a new job, a different job, a new neighborhood, whatever. And then we get to the end of our life sitting in that metaphorical rocking chair realizing, and for many people the first time, I missed what it was all about. Please, don't let that be you. Commit. Practice. Work on. Use our tools to clean out the junk so that you can. You may have so much junk right now, you can't really change but clean out some of that junk, and you can. So, when someone answers those two questions with anything other than nothing, usually what they're talking about that will change that is outward behavior filtered through our wants, which come from seek pleasure, avoid pain, and programming inherited from our genealogy, ancestry, and the early years of life that may still largely be unconscious to us because of the age we were at. But that's where you become programmed. Okay? So, I'm not going to say that whole thing again, but it's usually outward behavior filtered through our wants of seek pleasure and avoid pain and our programming. There's a wonderful ancient manuscript that um, says every man's way is right to himself. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true in hindsight because I've, I've worked with so many people who had regret over what they did. But 
at the time they did it, they believed that was the best thing for them to do. Even if they thought it was wrong, they still thought it was the right thing to do or they wouldn't have done it. So lots of people do things they believe are wrong and they think, I'll change tomorrow or I'll say I'm sorry for that tomorrow, but right now, for whatever reason, I need this. And so they go ahead and do it and violate their conscience, go against their own belief system, whatever. So at the time we do things, I believe that's absolutely correct. Every man's way or woman's is right in their own eyes. But then it says, but God ponders the heart. And wants the heart. Well, what's the heart? Well, that was the whole thing. I was on the mission to discover with Hope's Depression and came to the conclusion it's what counseling calls the unconscious, the subconscious, and some other stuff, including your conscience, your spirit, etc. All right? I, I believe that's what ancient manuscripts typically call the heart. So by and large, it's stuff that's in us that's having an effect on our physiology, our thoughts, our feelings, everything else, but we don't know it's there. Or we know it's there, but we don't know where it came from. And I can't quit acting on it, doing what I don't want to do, and not doing what I do want to do. Okay? Well, that is evidence. That is a light on your dashboard, if you will, if you answer either of those two questions with anything other than nothing, what could cause you to love me or someone less? What could cause you to love me or someone more? Okay? Any, any answer other than nothing, to me, is evidence you've got a heart problem. And I'm not talking about the pump heart. So... You're not going to be happy, healthy, and successful, at least to the degree that you want and need to be, until you clear up the heart junk. So, it's typically the behavior of others related to our wants that causes us to love more or less. Okay? Um, Dr. Lipton... A friend of mine, we've done programs together. He endorsed my first book. Brilliant, brilliant guy, uh, author of the bestseller of The Biology of Belief. He calls it a vibe that, that is sort of, to me, our conscience, our spirit, maybe the spirit of God, plus some other stuff. It's a vibe that if, if, we, if we get in touch with it and if we pay attention to that little, still, small voice or vibe, it can lead us to love rather than choosing fear. And when you answer either one of those questions with anything but nothing, typically you're operating in your life out of a fear foundation rather than a love foundation. Doesn't mean you don't love sometimes or in some situations, but it probably means you're not fully committed long-term, no matter what, which would bring it down 
to what I call business deal love, which is what I had for Hope when she kicked me out of the house. And the great majority of people I know and have ever worked with, that's how they live. And when they say love, they're talking business deal love. Now, maybe not, maybe not um, as far as a best case intention, Maybe they intend for it to be no matter what, forever, nothing held back, etc. But because of their junk and their seek pleasure, avoid pain, they can't carry it out. Okay, great. You get points. You, you really do for that being your intention. But now clear out the junk and really make it your mission rather than an intention. And I'm not going to stop until I get there. Where I get to the place where I can honestly say, there's nothing you can do that would make me love you less. There's nothing you can do that will make me love you more. I'm going to love you no matter what. And the more I'm around you, the more I'm going to love you all the time, no matter what. How do you feel about someone in your life that you know that's how they feel about you? If not the most important person in your life, they're certainly one of them. Be, be that. Be that person for you, for your children, your grandchildren, your friends, the people at work. Be that person. Nothing you can do make me love you less. Nothing you can do make me love you more. I'm going to love you more all the time, no matter what. And the only disclaimer to this, ladies and gentlemen is I'm not saying like. Yes, you can do all kinds of things that'll make me like you less. And even choose for everyone's benefit to not be around you. But that's not love. I'm going to love you no matter what. So please pray, meditate, uh, have a discussion with somebody what about that? Start with the, the one question. What could I do that would make me love you less? No, I'm sorry. What could I do that would make you love me less? And then reverse it. What could you do that would make me love you less? Well, that's the way most of us live but it's not the way anybody wants to live because it feels awful when I realize your love for me is conditional, which means there's something must be wrong with me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? So, ponder that. Get the tools out, the Love Code trilogy, the memory, memory engineering. Clean up the junk and commit Jump in the deep end of the pool. Nothing and nothing are my answers for everything.